You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In today's show, we try to brighten your week with some good news, sunshine and rainbows. We also go to the grade book and look at Pro Football Focus's grades from Sunday and see if there are any surprises. Welcome aboard, everybody. Robert Land from the Houston Sports Talk podcast, along with co-host Brian Patterson from FansidedHouseOfHouston.com. Thanks for diving into Locked On Texans, your best daily source of Texans news, views, and interviews. A couple of leftover notes from the game. I had a chance to rewatch it, saw some things, Brian, and here's what I got. Uh, first of all, there was a third and one in the first half where O'Brien goes play action pass. A free defender comes at Deshaun, and he had to throw it away. Uh, no idea why O'Brien is throwing there, especially when the Texans have run the ball so well. It seemed like Brian uh, O'Brien begrudgingly admitted that they're a pretty good running team at uh, Monday's press conference. And Brian, let's see if you remember this sequence, because this was something else that I was noticing. So the Texans get to the Titans 40 with eight minutes left. Game tied at 17. But on first and second down, the Texans throw screen passes that go nowhere. Uh, First of all, who throws back-to-back screens, especially when the Titans aren't worried about a 60- or 70-yard bump from Fuller Watkins because it's a short field. Of course, they end up punting instead of trying the 55-yard field goal. OB with no confidence in Fairbairn after he missed the 54-yarder, which was just short of the crossbar. You know, I mean, I, I'm guessing you thought the screen passes were kind of weird like I did, but what did you think of the decision to punt instead of kick the field goal? He wasn't trust too, trusting a Fairbairn, and that – that is a concern to me. I mean, he didn't think that he was going to be able uh, to make it. I was wondering the same thing. I'm like, you still want to go and try to get those points. And, uh, you know, with especially Trevor Daniel, you know, he had two, you know, punts inside the 20. Uh, but, you know, there were some miscues. We talked about that yesterday. But I honestly do feel that uh, if you would have given Fairbairn that chance, you know, anytime you have an opportunity to get points, even though that's a long distance for him, you got to go out there and try it. Yeah, why not? And, uh, you know, the Vikings ended up releasing Daniel Carlson after his terrible day, the rookie kicker for for the Vikings. And then they pick up Dan Bailey, which was a guy – you know, if you don't trust Fairbairn, maybe you go pick up Dan Bailey. I mean, these kickers, you know, I, I mean, I, I apologize to their family, Brian, but there it's, you know, if, the, if you, if you want to switch them out, switch them out. It's not, it's not a costly thing typically when you're trying to do that. No, no, not at all. Far, far, far from it. But you know what they've made, you know, they've kept him around. They've invested their time in trying to develop him and make him our kicker. Cause you know, we've kind of had a carousel of kickers come through here over the past couple of seasons, you know, Nick Novak, you know, Neil Rackers, you know, because uh, for a long time, Chris Brown was our kicker, you know, from the beginning of the franchise to about the point where he just totally fell off a cliff, uh, you know, close to the 2013 season. So, I mean, you know, you, there are kickers out there that can get the job done. Again, Dan Bailey, you know, he's a free agent. You know, I'm wondering why the Cowboys hadn't picked him up because there's been some miscues by them. But too late now, too late now. You know, the Vikings got him, so that yeah. that that chance is is over with. And then after they yeah. don't kick the field goal, Trevor Daniel punts it five yards into the end zone. wasn't wasn't even close. He gets it into the end zone, not near the sideline. And then there was the five yard penalty. So the Texans gained about 12 yards in field position. 
in that sequence. It was just a terrible sequence for the Texans. And then a couple of other things. On the fourth and inches that the Titans had in their own territory in the second quarter, it's something little, but this bothered me. You know, I noticed DJ Reader was the only guy within 10 feet of the center. You had to know it was going to be a quarterback sneak. And it's it's Gabbard. It's Gabbard is the quarterback. So why weren't yeah. there more players bunched around guard and center? I'm not worried about Gabbard throwing the ball. Bring, bring at least the linebacker down or move JJ towards the middle. I, you know, I just thought this was poor strategy by the Texans, Brian. And there are times on short yardage where I, I just – Sometimes I wonder, do the Texans realize it's short yardage? Why aren't there more guys on the line of scrimmage? It, it, to me, Romeo sometimes is way too conservative uh, if, if, if it's his decision on this play-calling stuff. I, that bothers me. And, and that's the way Bill is. I mean, you, you brought these guys in. You know, these are your 53 men. You got to trust them at some point. You know, you look at some of the plays. There was an opportunity uh, definitely in the second half where we could have gone for it. I think it was a fourth and one situation. And, you know, you, you don't trust Lamar Miller could get that one yard. You know, you don't really need to pass it. But, you know, Bill O'Brien is so worried about field positioning. That's the whole situation there that we might actually do something stupid and, and then give them an opportunity to score because, you know, they would have been right, you know, if if that would have happened, if it was a turnover on downs. The one thing I would say about him, about Mike Vrabel right there, is he showed confidence. In, in, yeah. in his uh, in his guys, and sometimes you feel like Bill O'Brien just has has no confidence at times in his, in his own players. But that that's a whole other story. Uh, there were some little things with Deshaun uh, where he needs to take the short pass. Also, that was another thing as I was looking through uh, the game. Perfect example late in the third. It was second down inside the ten. Deshaun wants a touchdown. I get it, but it's only second down. Uh, he probably wants Hopkins, but Bruce Ellington runs a slant. Has his man behind him at the four-yard line. It looked like Deshaun was looking right at him, just about. If nothing else, he can probably get to the two or three if Watson just, you know, hits Ellington on that slant. Instead, it he almost gets sacked. He throws it away. It's one of those plays where, you know, it makes the O-line look bad, but Deshaun could have made life easier for them, and he could have made his life easier on third and down. Instead of third and, you know, eight or nine or ten or whatever it was, it, it, it could have been. Uh, third and, and two or three, it gives you some options. It gives you some run pass options, uh, so, some various stuff to do right there. And, and, and that's where Deshaun just got to be. He's got to be smarter. He's got to be ahead of your quarterback. Sometimes, like I said, I love his aggression for the most part, but we're seeing this year where the aggression, he's too aggressive. You know, he's got to just take the short one sometimes. Sometimes, you know, you don't always have to make the big play. You know, I, I said that, you know, right during the game, I was tweeting that out. You don't always have to make the big play, uh, but you can save that big play for later. And that's what we should have done. You know, he's quoted saying, you know, I wanted to take a shot. This is what I wanted to do. But again, you would have still been helping your team if you would have just gotten close enough to get it in Fair Bear's hands, tie this game, and let's battle it out in overtime. I'm, I'm confident we would have been able to win the game had we would have gone into overtime. You're always confident, so I, I throw that away. Forget Brian, right? He's, <laughs> he's always confident. Optimistic uh, more so. All right. I'll, I'll give I'll give people some good news in, in a second because yeah. Brian will love some good news. But i got to tell, tell you about yes. our two new Locked On Fantasy shows, Locked On Fantasy Football 24-7, the latest wa- waiver suggestions, injury news, all that sort of stuff. We got Locked On Fantasy Football also, which is loaded with amazing expert guests every day. Monday, Tom Kessenich. Tuesday, Eric Edholm. Wednesday, Jeff Ratliff and Tyler Lochner. Subscribe to our two Locked On Fantasy Football shows. And Brian, the Texans 
believe it or not, they're favored by three over the Giants. I mean, they're at home and the Giants are bad. I get they lost to the Cowboys, so they're they're owing two. They got their own issues. But you know, I know if our listeners like that action, my bookie is the place to go, right? The truth is, I don't know who's going to win, but if you think you know, check out my bookie. Trust me, guys, they're your best bet this season. They've been in business for years, have great reviews online, and their mobile site is easy to use. I would only recommend a service that has been good to me. I'm urging you to make your way to my bookie. You win, they pay. So join now, and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. And if you're willing to deposit after 6 p.m. Central Time, they'll give you an additional $25 in free play and deposits over $100. Use promo code LOCKEDON to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use promo code LOCKEDON when creating your account. These are for new users to claim up to $1,000 in free play. So if you're willing to hold out to after 6 p.m., that was the other promotion I was talking about. Use LOCKEDON25 as your code and get an extra $25 in free play. But it's up to you guys. I wait until after dinner and take the extra money. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, Brian, you want some good news? You want some Texans good news? I can give you some. You know what? I'm a guy, you know, I like good news first. Yeah, we'll talk about the bad because there's a whole bunch of bad. I want the good news. Come on, lay it on me. All right, how about this? Will Fuller extended his streak to 25 consecutive games with reception to start his career. Third longest streak in franchise history to start a career, so that's good. DeAndre Hopkins extends his streak to 11 consecutive games with 60 or more Scrimmage yards, it's the longest active streak in the NFL, believe it or not. So Nuke keeps doing things. J. Joe finished with two tackles, passes. Oh, Cortland Finnegan. We hate him. Uh, for 14th most career total tackles by a cornerback in NFL history. So congratulations to him. Deshaun uh, ranks second in TD passes through his first nine games in NFL history, only trailing Kurt Warner with 24 uh, he also matched Dan Marino for second in NFL history with six games, throwing multiple passing TDs through his first nine games, trailing only Kurt Warner with seven. So Deshaun, uh, some some good names there with Marino and Warner. Uh, this is not a good name, but he did pass TJ Yates for ninth most career passing yards in team history. Whatever you could pass a TJ Yates record. Uh, yeah, that's huge. It's huge, man. Um, also, uh, the Texans receiving targets through two games. And and this is maybe something that Deshaun needs to work on, Brian, because the receiving targets, wide receivers, 44, running backs, five, tight ends, 12. I I, I don't think it's a deal where Lamar Miller or Alfred Blue can't catch the ball or get open. The tight ends can't get open. I I think Deshaun needs to spread it around a little bit. I really want to see Kiki QT this hamstring is taking forever, Brian. Show me why we're paying new strength and conditioning coach Luke Richardson the big bucks. Uh, or maybe it's on trainer Jeff Kaplan, but give me some QTR. I mean, God, I hope this thing doesn't last the whole season. Exactly. Yeah, he came in with this new f- philosophy, but the human body's unpredictable. You can do everything you can to prepare, 
But, you know, your body tells you what you're wanting to do, whether you like it or not, your body's going to do what it wants to do. And if it takes a while to heal, that's the situation. How about Kayvon Webster? When is he going to get healthy? We need help. We need uh, depth in the cornerback position. So that's another guy that I'm waiting to see uh, how he's going to perform. Yeah, his injury, I expected to take a little bit extra time. But, you know, hopefully he's he's almost there. The The bad news uh, we went over some good news. The bad news, the Texans tied for 26th and scoring red zone percentage in the NFL at 33%. Got to get better at that. Uh, that's another offensive issue. 16 consecutive games, the Texans have turned over the ball. That's the longest streak in the NFL. So uh, a couple of things that they they, they got to work on. Uh, hopefully Deshaun can get through a game without putting the ball on the ground or throwing it into double coverage like he's been doing. But uh, let's look at big picture, Brian, pro football focus grades or maybe minutia picture, I should say. Uh, who jumped out for you? What were the surprises there? Let's go to the offensive line because, you know, that's always something that uh, we, we need to definitely go over because this is a unit that, you know, is very young, very inexperienced. So we need to just gauge how they're doing. Well, your top performers as far as pass block, it's going to be Nick Martin. Nick Martin had an 84.8. He has been doing pretty well on that front the whole season, doing a lot better. I was worried about Nick, if he was going to be able to stay healthy, but so far so good. And, you know, he might be like his brother. So I'm I'm hoping for that. And overall, his numbers are up from last year, which is great. That's correct. He, I believe he is in the 60s, if I'm not mistaken, as far as his overall grade. Uh, But he is doing just fine. Uh, Kendall Lamb. One snap, one snap, though. You got to get I just saw the one snap for Kendall Lamb. Let's throw throw Kendall Lamb out. Um, go over some of those other guys because uh, I'm not giving Lamb props until he gets at least eight or ten snaps a game. Yeah, pretty much uh, as far as your guys that performed on the run, um, as far as your blocking, Senio Calamente, that's a 66.2 as far as his grade. Um, he was the best uh, run blocker uh, throughout the whole uh, ordeal. Uh, looking at pressures allowed, Martinez Rankin had six. He allowed six pressures, and this is expected because he's, you know, he's a young, he's a young tackle. They're putting him out there. He wasn't expecting to play all that much. And just when you watch the game, you can tell that he's not ready for this. Yeah, the the thing that I noticed is that like they just can fly around him on the outside. Yeah. Maybe he's just a guard in the NFL, uh, mm-hmm. which sucks because they're stuck with him. I guess unless you want to go with Kendall Lamb or. Maybe they can deal some. Maybe they can reverse the Dwayne Brown thing and, and actually deal for somebody. But it doesn't sound like a Texan thing that they would necessarily do. Uh, talking about Martinez Rankin, though, uh, he was asked on Monday how the NFL compares to the SEC. Good answer from him because he said it's nothing compared to this. The SEC is a tough league, but the NFL is tougher. I can't relate uh, too far back. I just know that it made me grow up quick. At this point right now, I have to. Continue to grow up quick because being a rookie, it, it isn't an excuse. I've got to adjust like everybody else. But, yeah, he's he's in the line of fire. I thought it would have been smarter of him to, instead of putting him on the blind side. I mean, I get it. He's He didn't play right tackle in college at all. But stick him at right tackle. Make it to where Deshaun can at least see his guy coming at him. Because I thought Davenport, would, again, I mean, I'm going to sound like a broken record, I guess, if you listen to this every single day but again I, I thought Davenport should have just been at left tackle because I thought he was I thought he was playing pretty well in the preseason and I thought he had done pretty decently 
uh, last year, and and maybe he felt a little bit comfortably the guys coming because that's what he had played, you know, his career in college. So I mean, so you're moving him because you you think Rankin's more comfortable instead of worrying about Davenport who and, and the left tackle. It just makes no sense. None, no sense whatsoever. I I just don't get it. Honestly, I think that, uh, you know, going back to the the Correa sack, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was uh, on that side, uh, Davenport side of the ball, where, you know, he allowed that uh, particular pressure. Uh, Davenport allowed four pressures uh, against the the Tennessee Titans, and he was the most penalized. Once again, uh, he had two penalties against the Patriots, and he had two penalties against uh, the Titans. So he allowed three uh, hurries and uh, one quarterback hit. So... Uh, but his uh, pass blocking grade still was solid enough. He still was in the you know top five as far as uh, the offensive linemen that were out on the field. So there is some bright spots uh, with Julian, but I do really feel that he should go back to left tackle. Um, or they need to go get somebody that can play the position uh, proficiently because this isn't working with Martinez. Bring Martinez in, but I would give him a limited amount of staffs to try to because sometimes, you know, playing it out, it's, it's not always the best because this guy's getting blown by like crazy. Yeah, I'm not expecting, though, any different from anything different from Kendall Lamb or whatever. On the, on the <laughs> defensive side of the ball, and I, I don't mean to spoil you here, Brian, but uh, J.J. Watt, he's still pretty good. I noticed he's still uh, putting up the best numbers. And, and J.J., oh, he is just so – I mean, I didn't think we would see the old J.J. this year, and, and to me – if we're talking about good news with the Texans, uh, that's the big thing. Uh, on the other end of the spectrum, and you give them the numbers, but Whitney Merciless, man, what's wrong with him? What is wrong with Whitney? I, I sometimes forget he's out there, honestly, uh, just with the way he's been playing this season. You know, we, we look at week one, and, you know, we think it's just going to be a slow start. And, you know, week two, he's going to come back out firing. But, you know, it's just not looking good for him. Yeah, as Whit- Whitney, the numbers on him, uh, he's got he's 51 percent this week. He was near the right near the bottom. Justin Reed and JJ mm-hmm. were lower. I didn't understand that um, mm-hmm. because, you know, Justin Reed, he looked good. I mean, it, it, they have his uh his tackling was great. I mean, that, that's mm-hmm. what they have. But his pass coverage, they didn't have is really good. Um, I mm-hmm. noticed they were blitzing him a lot, which was interesting. Uh, with J.J., his numbers, he was dead last. And uh, his tackling was bad. Now, he, him and uh, Ty Matthew on that uh, one Titans touchdown, offensive touchdown that they had early in the game, both of them missed the tackle there. They both missed that. Uh, Matthew got faked out. J.J. just flat out grabbed him and didn't have him. Looked like he had the angle and everything. He looked like he had the play. He had the guy behind the line of scrimmage mm-hmm. and all that. But J. Joe, just none of his numbers look good, which, you know, I mean, there wasn't guys th- catching the ball on him. But, of course, Blaine Gabbert didn't throw a lot. He didn't complete a lot. Uh, it, and it's Blaine Gabbert. So I, I'm, I'm going to need more on J. Joe. To, I think this was – I, I, I want to just throw that number out. It's just one of those ones that, you know, let's throw it out. Uh, I noticed Brian Aaron Colvin – Still looking good. I mean, that was a good pickup. But again, Brian Gain, you look at a lot of the moves. Yeah, he didn't address the offensive line like we like. Yeah, he didn't address the cornerback like we would like we would have liked. But Colvin uh, was really, really uh, a good. That's a good pickup. Oh, without a doubt. And uh, in coverage, 
he had the highest grade at an 86.6. So, you know, he was pretty good in that uh, particular regard. Uh, as far as defensive grade, 76.5. So he's really coming along. I was worried, you know, whenever he gave up that touchdown against the Niners, I was like, okay, is this something we need to be worried about? Because he's, you know, coming into a more prominent role with the Houston Texas, but it looks like this guy is just going to be fine. Um, you know, with, with Whitney, I just want to say, you know, just as far as a positive, he did have a 74.2 with his tackling. So he's still tackling well, but the pass rush, you know, that's his calling card. You know, where has that been? You know, he, cause he's a, an important, an important cog to this particular defense. You know, even though you got JJ and you got Clowney, everybody's healthy. He can still make his mark out there. So I don't know if he's just being extra careful. That may be the situation. But let's look at pass rush. Highest grade, Duke Edge of four, 80.9. Got his first sack of his career. You know, he was able to go out there and get time because Clowney's been hurt. So. And, and OB said he needs to play more. He said he looked really yeah. good. He said, I got to play him more. I'm actually agreeing with Bill O'Brien on something he's saying. This is great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and special teams, I, you know what? I'm throwing that out this week because there wasn't a whole lot of returns. The The problem was the penalties. And I don't know where, where those come up in the grades, but, you know, there was kick returns. Fairburn was putting it in the end zone. There, there wasn't much as far as punt returns were concerned. And, and then the only issue was really the penalty. So uh, I, I do have one other thing before we close out, Brian. There, little little action on Texans Twitter. I was wondering what the players were saying after this one. We're going to talk about that one in, in, in just a bit. But um, the Locked On Network We've got our new college shows. Check them out. Locked on Wolverines, Locked on Buckeyes, Locked on Seminoles are all on their way. If you're into those teams, the Ducks, the Nittany Lions, the Bears, Crimson Tide, Wildcats, Razorbacks, Volunteers, Cougars. I don't think that's the Houston Cougars, though. Um, I think that's up in the Northwest, one of them Pac-12 teams. But uh, find your favorite college show, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify Vivid seats, man. We got to talk about that because the first home game is this Sunday. You don't want to just watch the Texans from home when you could be right there in person thanks to Vivid Seats. They offer great prices for NFL games, all live events. And Vivid Seats, they're offering our listeners, Locked On Texans listeners, 10% off your first ticket order when you use our exclusive promo code Locked On. That's one word, Locked On. Uh, all Vivid Seats confirmed orders backed by a 100% guarantee. Go to vividseats.com. Or download the app and enter promo code locked on for 10% off your first order. It's a great way to save money the next time you go to a game and vivid seats. They want to help you get to the game. Okay, Brian, we got Texans Twitter. I want to see what kind of action, what the guys were talking about. Uh, short stuff, not long sentences, not soliloquies by the guys this week. But Ty Matthew tweeted, quote, unwavering focus. I love adversity. Well, he's got it. He's got some adversity. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins says, uh, built for tough times. And uh, Bill O'Brien tweeted, it's not my job. Nah, nah, I'm just kidding about that. But uh. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite one this year. That's my favorite one. <laughs> what would Bill O'Brien say on Twitter, Brian? What do you think Bill OB would say? Like, what, What's Bill O'Brien talking about if he's on Twitter? Probably his his most repeated tweet was, "It's on me. It's on me. I'll, I'll have. I'll, I'll, we will be better prepared. I've got to coach better. You know that. That's what I like too. <laughs> we got to coach that. We got to work on that for next week. You know, it seems like he's saying that every week. So, 
Oh gosh, if Bill O'Brien was on Twitter, no, it would that would not be a good thing. And we talk about this if Rick Smith were on Twitter. You know, it's just good that those guys are not uh, on social media because it would be a bad experience of all the hell that they would get <laughs> spewed at them. <laughs> yeah, shut down those notifications, guys. If you're gonna ever yeah. go to Twitter. Yeah, but uh, it'd be gutsy. I would appreciate the guts and, you know, they could show some personality, have some fun. Hey, Wade, son of bum. He's the best. He is. He actually is very good. Yeah. I, you know, I'm following him as well. And he's he's witty with it, too. I mean, now who's to say, you know, you're not a millennial. I mean, the guy's probably, you know, his age, he's a baby boomer and he's on Twitter just using it as if he's, you know, been on it forever. So that's pretty awesome. Yeah, if you know his dad, I mean, if you guys are old enough or if you've seen some of the quotes that his dad had, it's not surprising that he's witty. It's uh, uh, he's just right off the old tree. Uh, so no doubt about that. Um, hey, wrap it up uh, for this one. But if you're enjoying Locked On Texans, tell your friends. You know to do that. Let them know they can find us on Spotify, the Google Podcast app, iTunes, uh, support us by sharing our, li- our show links with your social media followers and take a few seconds to rate us on iTunes. Try to say something nice. Be nice to us, would you? Uh, we're, 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 we're killing it here, guys. We're just we're bringing it to you every day. Um, nah, just say whatever you want. We want to hear from you, though. Uh, email us at LockedOnTexans at Mail.com for questions or comments. Um, if you're going to rake us, come on, come on and uh, email us. Let us know. What the prop? Maybe we can answer it. Maybe we could, you know, figure out how to fix it uh, if you don't like what's going on. And remember, LockedOnTexans.com. Our writers are doing a fantastic job over there. Uh, Calvin Crawford, great wrap-up on Sunday's game. Go check that out. You can find more of Brian's work on the Texans, Astros, and Rockets on HouseOfHouston.com, a fan side affiliate. If you want to hear my takes on the Rockets and Astros, Houston Sports Talk, the podcast. That's the place to go for that. Great guest this week. Uh, we've got David Weiner. He's Bema Thug on Twitter with Clutch fans. Uh, we go through the entire Rockets offseason and talk some Houston Cougars football with the Daily Cougars' Desmond Yule. You'll want to hear that on Houston Sports Talk. That's all we got for Locked On Texans for this one. As always, thanks for making us a part of your week. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.